Hi there, my name is Alicia and I'm originally from Poland, so hence my accent. I am a nurse practitioner specialized in mental health and also a social worker. I wanted to start this podcast so that listeners like you can get an inside look into the life of a mental health practitioner. Our goal with this podcast is to discover our naked truth, and we're always discovering that, and help you discover yours. And I'm Sophie. I studied psychology in college, and I'm super passionate about mental health. I produce the podcast, and I provide Alicia with lots and lots of questions. Now that we're ready, I don't you know feel what to nervous? say. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the Naked Truth Podcast. <laughs> thank you, thank you. Happy to have you. And seriously, thank you so much for, for it, letting us interview It is my pleasure. It is my pleasure. And I, I want to just introduce you. Uh, we're talking with uh, Weird Willie. <laughs> Weird Willis. Willis. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> I knew I would mess it up. Weird Willie might have a different connotation. <laughs> Not really. And we're meet, meeting in your basement. So there yeah, you go. That sure. <laughs> Weird Willis. Yeah, okay. it, it's actually, I... I'm very proud of the fact that when I was very small, mm-hmm. I grew up in uh, the Hudson Valley of New York State, and I was always into ghosts and monsters and the Loch Ness Monster. And I, um, as you can tell by the bookshelves behind you, I, I read everything I get my hands on. And some of the kids in elementary school started calling me Weird Willis. Not to be nice, mm-hmm. but to be mean. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I was like, I'm, I'm just reading. I'm not doing anything wrong. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so now I'm very proud to say that people still call me Weird Willis. And if you go home and you Google Weird Willis, you get me and all of my books. So That's see, awesome. I, I turned How many something books? bad into- How many books did you write? 16. Wow. Wow. Yeah. It's really uh, cool. And you showed us some of them, and I'm just so impressed. I want to buy all your books, and I want you to sign them. That's, that's I, all I'm I'd be honored demanding. to sign them. The money has to go to my wife. She handles the money. I write the books. So that's why we've Women been happily married for so many years. <laughs> Good system. <laughs> that's perfect. So so tell us about the first book you wrote and, and, and maybe how you got into ghost hunting. Yeah. Um, ghost hunting I got into because, um, as I said, I was born and raised in the Hudson Valley of New York State. And they are very well known for being the home of the Headless Horseman. That is the setting for Washington Irving's The Legend of Sleepy Hollow. And I had a teacher that tried to convince me in elementary school, the entire class, that that was a true story. And we went on a field trip to Tarrytown and... We were shown like the bridge and we were shown all of the different areas of Tarrytown to try to be like, see, these places really exist. And then we were taken out to the cemetery and they pointed to the characters who were buried there. Um, I can find out shortly after that, that Washington Irving loved Tarrytown. And so he, air quote, borrowed the location as well as some of the names off of the tombstones because they were good character names. Um, and that's what led me at a very early age to question, okay, that's not a true ghost story. What are the real ghosts? Where are the real ghosts at? Mm -hmm. And so I was always trying to find places to investigate. There's a, my first ghost investigation, I was nine and that amounted to, uh, a week's worth of, of begging my father to take me to a haunted cemetery that I had read about in a local newspaper. And my investigation was me 
wandering around for about 15 minutes in broad daylight while my dad sat in the car smoking cigarettes. So that was my first investigation. <laughs> That's but, awesome. Um, when I, the big turning point for me um, was 1984 when I saw Ghostbusters and then was reading a review of the movie. And down at the bottom, there was a little blurb that said that some of the equipment that the Ghostbusters were using in the film was based on actual equipment mm. that parapsychologists were using. So I was like, so wait, so I get to use this little thing that they the carried on their back? pack and all that. Oh, yeah, wow. unfortunately, I did recently, about maybe four or five years ago, get a, a replica proton pack. But cool. people are disappointed. We want the photo for, <laughs> of that. <laughs> okay. They get they get disappointed when they we do show up to do our investigations and we don't have a proton pack and we're not in a hearse. So um, <laughs> yeah, you should but, just have cool things that may not be real, but you should just look. Cool. <laughs> we have you know. toyed with that. I mean, mm. you know, people are a little disappointed. But again, <laughs> the, the flip side to that is a lot of the people that reach out to my organization, the Ghosts of Ohio, are frightened. And Why? and it's mm. they're frightened of the the unknown, mm -hmm. basically what it is. So why are and they contacting you? For answers. Okay. And mm -hmm. it's what's interesting is that over the years, so I started um, I guess you could say professionally doing ghost investigations in the mid-1980s. Mm -hmm. I started the Ghosts of Ohio when I moved here in 1999. And during that time, there has been an ebb and flow of why people were contacting us. Originally, it was they just wanted answers. There was something going on in their house, and they were like, this doesn't make sense. If you came out and said, uh, it's actually, I'm making this up, but mm -hmm. you've got like uh, leaky pipes or you've got uh, bad wiring, they were fine with that. There was the very un-PC that we, they would tell us all the time, which is, I just want to know I'm not crazy. Mm -hmm. And if you could go in and find rational explanations, they were fine with that. I mm -hmm. thought people were coming to me to tell them they're not crazy. I guess they're coming to you. <laughs> mm -hmm. I, I said many times, I think our mm -hmm. fields Mental are very intertwined. Yeah, um, they are. Once uh, the ghost reality shows came around, like mm -hmm. in the early 2000s, there was a shift where people were contacting us just because they wanted us to say, yes, you have a ghost here, because mm -hmm. they thought... It'd be cool. Yeah. But there was still that small little group who were very frightened, um, who, when we first go out to this day, a lot of time is spent being a counselor because it's, I, I tell my wife this, mm -hmm. and this is the one rule that we've kept ever since we've known each other, is that we don't want the outside problems coming into our house. Sure. So mm -hmm. we all deal with daily stresses and stuff. Yes. Whenever possible, it stops at the end of my very long driveway. It's like, we don't want to bring it in here. Yeah. And you let us in? I did. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, I didn't. You didn't Both tell us. My that. wife did, so <laughs> That's she's still go. learning. Um, but there's something that it takes that stress and anxiety level mm -hmm. up for everyone. You know, I'm not mm -hmm. talking just about ghosts, but when it comes home, mm -hmm. you know. And so you now have people, if you think that, if you're at home and something breaks in the house and you've got that stress and that anxiety and then you've got, I don't know where I'm going to get the money to pay for something like that. You can get some depression. You get all of that that's building. Take that the next level where now you're saying, what if it's a ghost? Right. Because now you're like, I don't know how to deal with this because the, the general public are like, I don't know about ghosts. And so a lot of our 
clients, when we they do reach out to us, the first thing that they across the board do is they're like, well, we should call someone. Or who, what, what do we do? How do we do it? The first thing most of them do is they watch television shows. Sure. Mm-hmm. And I've, I've said this, again, not just for ghosts, but reality and television are two words that should not come together. Right. And, right. But unfortunately, people who start to watch those who think there might be a ghost in their house walk away thinking that now there is something I can't see, but it can harm me. Mm. And so there is a lot of, I get it as, as a husband and, and a father, if all of a sudden there was something in a house that I'm like, I don't know how to make it stop. I don't know how to fix it. That level of anxiety and stuff goes, and a, it, I find it very interesting in that a lot of people say if there's an evil spirit in the house, that it will go through these different stages where it goes to like oppression and deep, and it moves all the way over there to supposedly possession. I don't know about all of that, but... Have you seen cases where someone was possessed? I have not. Okay. And in all honesty, I tell people that if I ever walked into a house and it was like the Amityville Horror and the house told me, get out, I'm gone. I'm gone. <laughs> I don't need to be told twice. You know, what, I am gone. What's your most scary story that yeah. you have? That, um, that even you were like, oops, I got to change my diaper. I mean, my underwear now. <laughs> your diaper. <laughs> um, the, the interesting thing is a lot of the things that I... I I don't get scared mm-hmm. because I've been doing this for so long. Um, an interesting side note is that when I think something is going to happen, mm-hmm. I start to talk to it mm-hmm. because I will say, I, I don't know what you are. I don't know why you're here. I don't know if I can help you, but I have been searching my whole life for you. If you could just come closer, just let me see you. There's been numerous times where... My wife, who will sometimes do ghost things with me, and other mm-hmm. times she's like, I'm going to wait in the yeah. car. <laughs> yeah. When she hears me talking like that, she gets really scared because she's mm. like, he thinks something's really going to happen. Um, most of the time, though, I am running towards it because, mm. again, I'm looking for answers. Um, there have been instances where... Um, so th- this is probably one of the most intriguing things. I don't know about it being scared, scared at the mm-hmm. time, but it's yeah. something that the more I think about it, I'm like, this is really weird. I don't know how to explain this. But um, when we do investigations, we use multiple microphones. We use multiple More than everything. what we have right now? <laughs> yes. Oh, man. Yes, we have. Would, we, we were high we tech. Have, but the setup is very, is very similar. similar. We, okay, use, yeah. we use four studio microphones mm-hmm. direct into a... Uh, uh, an eight-channel mixing board. The okay. reason we don't use, and we wire them in. Mm-hmm. The reason we don't use digital voice recorders is because I always tell people, why, why do ghosts always whisper? Mm. And the answer is because they're picking up a digital voice recorder and they're swinging it around. Mm. And so you're hearing the wind go, you know, and they're like, oh, why did you I thought that? the ghost was going, shh, like just to mess me up. Like, it, no, it, it might, it might. Or, or like I, I tell people that yeah. the last thing I do, like the, these photos, like mm-hmm. the cover of Ohio's Historic Haunts, yeah. people think those are just spooky photos. And they mm-hmm. are. But the reason I do that is on every investigation I do, mm-hmm. when I'm ready to leave, pack up everything, and I go and I pull away 
hit the brakes, turn around, take one last picture of the front of the building, because that's when I think I'm going to find the ghost mm. up in the window, yes. like flipping me off, going, oh, yeah, ghost boy. You thought you were going to find yeah. me? Huh? Get on home. Oh, so we have Say to you're always... looking. But, you know, now I, I'm looking I, yeah. for a ghost in the window. <laughs> you should just make one just so that. Well, it would, but then I think that would bring all of my years of trying to build up a reputation yeah, right. in, a, in a very right. unscrupulous yes. people <laughs> fall by the wayside. So have you seen anything? I have. Well, to go back to the, the, yeah. the story yeah. that was, um, we use a whole bunch of audio and video and different. And so afterwards, we divide it all up because we'll sometimes on a normal one night investigation, we will walk away with upwards of like 60 hours of audio alone. Mm-hmm. So we divide it up amongst my group. And then once a month, we all meet here in my mm-hmm. house and we all present. At this famous table. <laughs> no, actually upstairs. A TV, yeah. Okay. They, we have come down here too. Okay. And we actually have tried to levitate this table. Yeah, it's I'm true. trying to get the, the table to yeah, levitate. It won't. Um, <laughs> but we then, everybody who has kind of looked at the videos and the audio, they will once a month present what they believe they have found, which is unexplained. Mm. And very quickly, my group is comprised of true believers all the way to they think they have psychic abilities to people who are like, I don't really believe in any of this. Mm-hmm. And they've been handpicked because when we present things, we all fight. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I want them to fight because I want at the end of the day, the skeptic and the believer to say, we don't know what caused that. And those are the nuggets I'm looking for. So this one investigation, I happened to be listening to a studio microphone and I heard myself come up to the microphone and then whisper, I won't whisper here, but I whispered on the recording, no, what's it set on? Go ahead and do it. It would be cool to hear you whisper, like if there was an, like an actual ghost. Like, <laughs> <laughs> No, what's it set on? So it was like that. Okay. I immediately was embarrassed because one of the rules of our investigations is you never whisper. Okay. Because mm-hmm. you don't use your vocal cords and you can't identify really who it is. Oh, I see. Everyone mm-hmm. on... An investigation, we have voice patterns, mm-hmm. files that we create by putting somebody in front of a microphone. So that it doesn't come up as like you are whispering and somebody thinks it's a ghost. Correct. Got it. Got and it. by creating that voice pattern, which is everything which we, we put somebody against a studio mic, they read three sentences from a book, mm-hmm. then they whisper it, back them up six feet, same three lines, whispered and spoke, and 12 foot. Okay. And then what we do is if we get something weird, we, we're like, okay, well... These four people were on the investigation. Does it match their pattern? Mm -hmm. So I was embarrassed because I was like, I broke my own rule. I whispered. And so I just was like, okay, I'm not going to talk about that in the meeting. There was a lucky mix-up where Mark, one of my uh, investigators, he, one of us had inadvertently also pulled the same audio. So he was reviewing what I had reviewed. Mm. And in the meeting, he says... So I got this weird EVP, mm-hmm. and he plays me whispering, you know, what's it set on? And I'm like, okay, I get it. You got me. I'm embarrassed. I broke my own rule. And he's like, it wasn't you. And I'm like, it was me. And everybody else is going, yeah, it's you. It's yeah. clearly you. And Mark goes, it wasn't you. You weren't in the building at the time. And I wasn't. Oh. You went back. We went back, and we looked at the um, camera. Mm-hmm which did not pick it up, but there's nobody near that microphone. Hmm. I'm actually in the back room behind all these closed doors. So 
We looked at the, the voice pattern. Now, granted, it was a whisper, but we pulled the whisper. It's similar, but it's not the same. What did it say? Mm. Anything spooky? It said, no, what's it said on? Oh, that that was that wasn't me. Mm-hmm. So interesting. You're like, but, and that leads to then. Well, okay, if, if that is a ghost, well, what, why was it trying to disguise itself as me? We've gotten over the years multiple instances where we have recorded what sound like different members of the group, but it's not them, hmm. and it's and they're picked up. By only, like in this situation, we have three microphones, mm-hmm. will come away and only this one picked it up. Mm. And these don't. And you're like, that doesn't, you could say the ghost is targeting this, but then you're like, well, it hurts my head. How does that, mm. how does that work? So mm-hmm. those are the things that um, I, I'm like, I don't really understand how wow. that works. There was an investigation where um, a group of people saw me I, I was standing at the end of the hallway, and it was an old um, TB hospital. And they were at one end of the hallway. I was at the other end, and we were facing each other, and I had a headlamp on that I had turned off, and I was standing like this because this this thing called the creeper was supposed mm-hmm. to come creeping up on the ceiling behind Ooh. you. And I wasn't feeling anything. Mm-hmm. It just felt normal. And... Um, now a creeper is a equipment, or that's a spider, or what's a creeper? A haunting. Or a, the creeper is, it, or a is yeah. I should have backed up. <laughs> the, the creeper is. Um, it was at, it's at a place called Waverly Hills, um, okay. which is in Louisville, and the story. When I went there, I said, "Well, what? Where do I go? What should I do if I want to experience?" It? And they said, "Well, people up on the fourth floor say that there's." doppelgangers up there, which is a double. The idea that a spirit or something is disguising itself as someone. Mm -hmm. So you and I might go walking upstairs and you're standing there and we're we're like, hey, how's it going? What are you doing up here? Sometimes you talk back, sometimes you don't, but then we find out, no, you you were Homer. Yeah, so. um, So a double ganger? Doppel. Doppelganger. Doppelganger. What is it called again? Doppelganger. Yeah. Oh, okay. And they also said that the creeper was up there and they described the creeper. I always have to say this before I did this. Here comes the nightmare fuel. So your listeners might want to go up about 15, 20 seconds. But the creeper they described as a human-like form, but it was just a black shadow Mm. that crawled around on its hands and knees on the ceiling. Mm. Well, that sounds a little... I feel like I've seen drawings of this. And I feel like I've seen movies with a creeper on the ceiling. Because I always think of a creeper like Minecraft. I don't know if you know about Minecraft. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) So so they had said if you want to experience the creeper, Mm -hmm. what you're supposed to do is get a group of people, a small group, Go up to the fourth floor, which was just, and it's an abandoned. In Louisville, in yes. that abandoned house. Yes. Okay. No, it's it's a five story tuberculosis hospital. That oh. So, so, and there is nothing up on the fourth floor except like. Oh, we need to drive over empty there. Empty door for it's, it's with you. If sure, <laughs> I, I've been there numerous times. It's mm-hmm. um, but on the fourth floor, there's it's mainly just patient rooms, mm-hmm. but the doors are gone, so it's just open. Yeah. All the way down there. And they said... And the you, hospital staff just lets people in? And... No, it's totally abandoned. It closed down. Oh. It was a... Oh, um, it's totally abandoned now. Yes. Okay. And now it, it functions as they 
you can go in and rent it out if you want to do investigations. I see. They do a haunted house there and I those see. kind of things. But okay. we just rented it out for the night for us. So we were the only ones there. And if you go up to the fourth floor, they said get a small group, go to either end, opposite ends of the hallway, mm-hmm. small group, and then one person by themselves. And you face each other and you turn the lights off. And if you watch the group, We'll see the creeper come creeping up on the ceiling behind the one guy. <laughs> so hey. I said, I'll be the bait, you know. Wow. I mean, you know so this is I a great idea that. for people for Halloween. Just rent that house and then just have a real Halloween with a real ghost. Well, <laughs> what I'm going to tell you, and yeah. then my, some people might want to do this and not, but it's... Bring um, underwear, you're saying. Like extra. <laughs> well, here's what's interesting is when this happened, mm-hmm. I wasn't scared. Mm -hmm. And then afterwards, I was giving a presentation at a a local library like a few years after that. And somebody said, what's the weirdest thing that ever happened to you? And I started to tell this story. And as Mm -hmm. I'm telling it, I'm like, oh, this is scary. Mm -hmm. And so it suddenly became me going, wait, wait, what is going on? So we go to opposite ends of the hallway. There's two guys and a woman at one end. They're facing me. I had uh, an infrared video camera, which I set down on the floor, like between my legs, facing them. And then I, like I said, I had a headlamp, but I always tilt it down because otherwise when I turn it on, it's like gremlins. I blind everybody. So it's like, you know, bright light. Um, So what I did was I bent down, put the camera down between my legs. I stood up, turned the headlamp off, and then I just crossed my arms and I just stood there. I could kind of see their outline. They could see my outline, but we were just looking at each other. After about 20 minutes... I'm not feeling anything. I don't feel weird. There's nothing behind you. I'm kind of looking around. And then I hear one of the three people in the group say, where did he go? Oh. Somebody else said, I think he went in that room over there. And then I hear, Jim? And I said, yeah. And then I heard a G-rated version of what I heard was, oh, no. That wasn't him. So here we go. You guys can figure this out. Yeah. The two of the three people from the other end of the hallway said they saw the same exact thing. The third person claimed they didn't see any of this, but left the group shortly after. Um, I don't know if there's a connection. I don't know how they could have missed any of this, but the other two said that after looking at my shadow in the hallway standing there, okay, you ready? I turned on my headlamp, so I illuminated my entire body. I bent down, I picked up the camera from between my legs, I picked it up like this, I turned to my left, and I walked into one of the patient rooms, leaving the hallway empty. I never moved. I never moved. Interesting. And so the the weird thing was that I asked them, well, how did I come back? You know, because I was like, wait, what? And what they said made total sense is that they thought, because it, they thought it was me, they thought that I got bored, which is why they were like, where did he go? I think he went in that room. Mm-hmm. So they were looking straight down the hallway at me, and then they saw me go, you know, to their right into that room. When they called out to me, they were looking off to the room on the right. When I said, yeah. They looked back into the middle because they heard me call from the middle and I was back there. Hmm. But they, they, to this day, I mean, Mark, the one I was talking about earlier, he still says you 
walked out of that hallway. Wow. Is that a goat? I don't know what that is. I, I'm like, whatever it is, it, it impacted them. My, I didn't yeah. move into anything. Mm-hmm. But those are normally where we get odd ghost things from. What did the video... Oh, sorry. The video. That's, yeah. that's a great question. The video does not... The video camera does not pick up anything. It stays on the floor. But what where it came in handy is that you hear their conversation... Mm-hmm. It picked up them saying, where did he go? But, but the camera don't. does not physically lift up until I pick it up later, when, later on. Mm-hmm. Um, people have asked, had you gone in that room before? And I don't remember. I did go in the room afterwards because we were like, well, sure. so people are like, was it some kind of weird time slip or something? I mean, mm-hmm. I don't. Well, people always try to explain everything with something else other than just saying, like, yeah, it's... It's unexplained. It's unexplained, right. Do you categorize different kinds of hauntings or anything like that? We try to, but where I... It's very funny because I... The paranormal community, I'm either really, really loved or I'm despised. And Why? I'm just I'm despised because of this statement. I believe in ghosts, but I don't know what they are. Mm. And I don't I know nobody knows what they are. Because in my mind, if somebody knew exactly what they were, nobody could doubt they didn't exist. So I think until that time comes where we can say, this is a ghost, this is what it's made up of, this is what it does. I mean, I come I come from a medical writing background, mm-hmm. so I'm always looking for a double-blind placebo-controlled study sure. and things like that to try to... So I'm looking for empirical data. Yes. Mm-hmm. That doesn't make for good television when you're like, look at this pie <laughs> chart and stuff. So yeah. we, we tend to categorize it by... Um, we have very vague categories, but we have discovered that there tends to be two main types of ghosts, if you will. One is called a residual, and it gets its name from the idea of residue or stuff left over. Mm -hmm. The way that I first learned about it when I was a lot (laughs) younger, so now I'm going to feel really old, but the way that it was described is that think of like an old movie projector, Mm-hmm. And it's sitting out somewhere, and over time, it builds up enough energy that the switch comes on, it plays out a scene, and then it shuts back down again. Um, that's what residuals tend to be. Residuals, so they're not the kind of ghost that like comes back and tells you where the family fortune is buried right. or knocks things around. It's almost like you're seeing a replay of something in the past, we get that a lot when people mm. say, when we ask people, when they, we come out to their homes or their businesses, and we're like, well, what kind of stuff are you experiencing? A lot of times, if it's period clothes, if it is, we'll say, well, does the ghost seem to know you're there? Does it make eye contact? Mm-hmm. No. Well, where do you see it? It's always in the same place. It's always, here, it's always in my basement. So this might be like someone mm-hmm. playing an old piano and yes, they don't notice yes, you. Exactly. Yeah, it's just something, it never varies. Mm-hmm. It's always the same. What fascinates me about residuals is I believe that's where the idea that ghosts are floating in the air come from. Mm-hmm. They're not floating. Now comes the, ooh, this is mm-hmm. trippy. It's 
they're walking on a floor that doesn't exist anymore. Sure. Mm. You know, the idea of them walking through walls. They're not walking through walls. They're walking through a door that doesn't exist anymore. Mm. Um, the second kind are what they call intelligent, mm. which tends to freak people out, except they call them that because it seems that they have some sort of intelligence related to knowing the living or around it. Mm. So an intelligent spirit will... Um, here's a, here's a great example. Um, if people, you get that age old idea that uh, the goat, you hear the ghost walking up the steps. Mm -hmm. We will tell people, keep a journal, which works wonders for no other reason that it's empowering. Suddenly the helpless are like, oh wait, I can do something. Mm -hmm. But we will tell them when you hear it going up the steps, count the steps that you hear. Because then we can tell if the ghost is walking on those steps, which would be an intelligent, or if it's like, I don't get it. I've got like only three steps there, but I heard it going up like 12 steps. Okay, well, that's a residual. You're hearing an echo of something that's not there. Mm -hmm. um, intelligence are the ones that are usually responsible for moving objects. Again, they seem to have that intelligence to be able to do things. So we'll start by putting them into those two categories. But again, if we're going into somebody's home, we will put it on them. And we, we tell people, even if you're not going to have us come out and do an investigation, keep a journal. Because again, it works to empower them to kind of take that control right. back a little bit more. And it works for us because we're like, do it for like a month or two. And then see if there's patterns, because if there is, you know, it's always doing it at this certain time in this certain area of the house, we can go in and see, okay, well, can, can it be related to the pipes or something like that that's only happening at certain times? Okay. But it, as I said, it does also work because most of our clients, even the business owners, they're like, I, there is something here that I have now... <laughs> gone mm. off the tracks a little bit looking for answers and I don't know what to do. We unfortunately also get a lot of referrals from people who just Google ghost hunters in Ohio and the ghost hunting community is very poorly self-regulated. Um, I think beginning in the 1980s, you could not be, I don't know of any in the United States, accredited university where you can get a degree in parapsychology mm -hmm. or something. There's not even really anything that would train you how to use these ghost hunting devices. And so you have, we've unfortunately in this field gotten to the point where it's no longer about helping people. It's more about how do I monetize this? Mm. And so you get people that are coming in that People laugh at me, but I say, whenever I'm talking about ghosts, even if I'm not going to be in front of a camera, I wear a, a nice shirt, <laughs> you know, I, because you're going into people's homes and these people are anxious. There are a lot of things. And the worst thing that you could do is come in and just say, yeah, I, I sense like there's a, a ghost of a dead woman over here. Because as the quote unquote, there's nobody over there. Um, <laughs> Once you go into that, you're and you're looked upon as being an expert, you have shattered those people's lives forever mm. because you just said there was something there. We, as I said, we do a lot of people often ask us, they're like, 
it, across the board, they say, you need to come out here, don't know what it is, but you got to get it out of here. That's when I think, okay, I got to bring my counselors with me. Mm-hmm sit down with them and just basically say, okay, what is really going on? And the vast majority of time, that fear and angst and anxiety is coming from fear of the unknown. So we will just sit and talk them through things. We'll find out if they decided, oh, I got to go buy a ghost meter or download a ghost app, Mm -hmm. which I tell them, put that away because those are designed to get results. That doesn't mean that that there's anything here. we tell them, you know what, just shut off the television for a while, just, you know, chill out. This is your house. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and we give them ways that they can sort of, as I said, keeping the journal. We use um, different things that it normally, almost all of our cases, they end with them saying, if there is something here, I don't, I don't want it to go away anymore. <laughs> because once they realize, yeah, it's, it's here, but making this up, but we've encountered these things. It's a previous owner. You were doing a lot of remodeling and it was kind of like, hey, what are you doing to the house here? Mm. Oh, okay, cool. Fixing it up. I'll go back to sleep. You know, as long as they realize that they are safe in their own homes, they're fine with it. We use a lot of um, sage. We will give them, um, because we used to tell them, Okay, well, you can go, and this was way back in the 80s before I, like, learned really what, but we used to tell them, just, it's your house, just tell them to get out, and then realize that me saying get out triggered (laughs) the Amityville horror, where when they were told to get out, they didn't, and they tried to do prayers and made things worse, and um, so we will sit down with them and just say, so what are... Do you have any religious beliefs? You know, are you practicing? What are you practicing? But then we will do something as simple as just saying, and this tends to work, um, is sage. It's dried sage that we have my uh, my hippie sister mm-hmm. <laughs> actually will. She's got all dry ones. She will make one. She will make it specifically for them. So there is, again, that idea that we're we're doing something for you. But we will tell them, look, it might just be negative energy that's in here, something like that. Though, So here's what you do. The instructions that we give them are very simple. It's you like this stuff. You walk around the house. You open up all the windows. You do it as a family. You don't have to say anything. You can say things if you'd like to. You don't have to. But when you're done, leave all the windows open for and stuff like that and then close it. You take the ghost aspect out of that. It's a spring cleaning. Mm-hmm. But the idea, it becomes very, I hate to use this term, but it's, it's, it's a ritual. People right. think, oh, it's bad, a ritual. But we'll have them light incense. But the idea that they are coming together as a family to take control back mm-hmm. and they're letting the bad out, it's like, you know what? We're done. It works wonders. And I've yet to figure out mm-hmm. how much of that is, because they say the, go, the sage will make the negative energies leak. I can't tell you. I can only tell you it works. I can't yeah. tell you whether it really makes the ghost leave because it doesn't like the smell of it. <laughs> if the ghost is leaving because it doesn't like the idea that everybody's coming together and telling it it's time for you to go. Or because there was only a little thing there and it's still there, but it's chill now. Mm-hmm. And the family has now gotten more empowered over the idea. So it's it's fascinating. And I, I love to look at these individual cases because... The worst cases 
that just drop, well, I will drop everything. And my wife knows this, that it's like, if we get a call and see, it's going to make me, if we get a call from someone and there are children that are, are afraid that something is going to get them in the house, we will drop everything. We have, I'm not ashamed to admit this, I will rig our equipment. We have dummy ones that I will rig that they will never go off, that we will go out and I will give them to a child mm -hmm. so that they at least have it. And because the ghost guy, the weird Willis guy said, <laughs> if this thing does this, there's a ghost. Mm -hmm. And we just get, and it's never going to work. We had sprays, which were nothing, but it was just scented water. But we told the kids, if you think there's something here, just spray just it. Just trying to empower the yeah. children. Yeah. To right, exactly. Like because it's, I mean, to me, that is, as an adult, I can't imagine what it would feel like to not feel safe in your own home or not know what to do. So you're do. saying a lot of it is the belief that maybe their home is unsafe. You don't think it's an actual ghost causing... I, well, I think no, I I think to the extent you're checking it anyway. So you're saying yes. like you're going to make sure that nothing goes off because you don't want the child to be scared. Correct. But you're still going to check and verify. Exactly. That. Yes. Okay. And we have done cases where there was something there, but mm -hmm. it's I have I would say a half a dozen cases I've worked since the eighties. Excuse me, probably less, mm -hmm. but less than 10, where I have gone into a building and said, there is something unpleasant here. Mm. Um, and I knew when you go in, you can tell there is something. I don't ever say evil or demonic or something like that, because I'll be very honest, especially today, I don't, I don't know if we need the devil yeah. We do horrific we'll things to each other, oh, so I don't yeah. know if I'm we... I'm more scared of, of people than that, ghosts. I know. That's my thing. Yeah. I'm more afraid of the living yep. than the yeah, dead. Absolutely. So, yeah. um, and I've also adhered to the idea that, and um, my dad's been gone a while now, so I'm guessing his spirit is okay with me using him as an example, but... I tend to think that if you were a bit... Uh, if he's not, he's going to come and tell you that. <laughs> correct. And he's had ample opportunities. Yes. So I, I think he's... Sophie, when you listen to this recording, yeah, if, if you hear a whisper in oh, the background, it's going to be his I'll dad. be alone in my room at yeah. night editing it. Trust me. <laughs> if it's my dad. It will not be a whisper. But, um, <laughs> but um, when my, my mother passed away first and then my father did. And so my sisters and I went back to New York and we were all married. We all had our own homes. And so we were fixing up the family house to sell it. Um, and it was the only house my, my parents had it built. It was the only house they ever knew. Mm -hmm. And so we, the last thing that we did was we were like, mom, dad, if you're here, we don't want to get rid of this house, but you know, we, we don't have a use for it. So you can come visit us at our other houses <laughs> or something like that, but we don't have a, a use for it now. And then we, we saged it and stuff. But I tell people that if, and the house has been sold several times and nothing has happened, but I always tell people that if my dad's spirit was still in that house, heaven help the people who lived there and did not keep the remote control <laughs> on the left side of the recliner between the hours of 2 p.m. and 10 p.m. It had to be on ESPN2. <laughs> if you did not do that, they would think 
there was a demon in the house because the remote control would fly across the room. The TV would go on and off and stuff. So mm. I think a lot of times people will look at, you know, if all of a sudden a remote control flew across the room, you would think, whoa, there's something bad here. Mm. No, it's just a cranky ghost, mm. you know? So I, I don't ever make the leap to it's something evil. Mm-hmm. And that's what I will do is if it gets to the point where anyone is afraid to. We had one where um, a grown hus- a husband and wife, both grown, were afraid, were sleeping on the couch mm-hmm. because they were afraid of something in their room. So we still investigated and we found something, but not to the extent that made them fearful of it. So yes, the, the not making a thing blink or do whatever that's doing or the sages those are all things that are designed to kind of just say it's it's okay Mm -hmm. and even if we show you things that we did get as evidence we're not going to tell you the house is haunted it's your house you take this and you do with it what you will do you think the ghost feels like my house is haunted with people you know I, Mm. I, i think there are cases that are like that and then I I feel I get very emotional when I talk about ghosts because I feel bad for them. Mm-hmm. Because if I, I always it's called the, the the Beetlejuice effect because in, in the movie Beetlejuice they had you know they died. They, spoiler alert! Um, but <laughs> um, husband and wife died, and then some rude people moved in the house and they were trying to get rid of them. If you haven't seen the movie, you need to see it. It's a great movie. Brilliant. Um, And it's exactly what you're talking about. They were like, we don't like these people. And they were like, but we can't get rid of them. And they had to go to their ghostly social worker who kept saying, Mm -hmm. well, did you read the handbook? Because Mm -hmm. they had to read the handbook to figure out how to do that. So I tell people, you know, God forbid if I would have passed away tonight, I still, with all these years of research, I don't know how to contact my loved ones. Mm -hmm. And so I think a lot of times when we get unexplained voices and they sound like even like yelling or they sound like gibberish, maybe they haven't read the handbook yet. They Mm -hmm. don't know how to get that. And if you think about that, if we were all trying to do that, we, we had passed away and we were trying to get a message through and those people were not paying attention you'd get frustrated. Yeah. So, you, so you think that it, that it really is, you know, a ghost would be a spirit that maybe didn't make to so wherever else ghosts are going after death. Maybe I, they're hanging out and still confused. doing whatever yeah. they did while they were alive or... I think, yes. And mm-hmm. my experience has been that when you're talking about something that is residual, that mm-hmm. I think that's what people think of when they think of a ghost. I think when you have an intelligent, that's more aligned with the spirit, mm. actually. The spirit or the, I always have to say, I need to trademark this, but I call these mm-hmm. my two bottle conversations because mm-hmm. you need like two bottles of your favorite adult beverage to try to <laughs> unpack these things. But but the idea of, we are all forms of energy. Nobody sure. will dispute that. Right. Nobody will dispute the fact that you can't destroy energy. You can change energy, but you can't ever destroy it. So where does our energy go when we die? Right. Does it just float away? Is that what they're saying is the soul? Is that, does it go into, you know, and again, it goes back to a lot of the individual's religious 
beliefs because, mm. you know, you could be like, well, yeah, that is the spirit, but it's going over here and it's going to be reincarnated. So, but, but yes, I do think there is an aspect that, and that's the heartbreaking part of all this is that if you think of a residual, that's just kind of a replay, but the intelligence, you always hear this story. Husband and wife, and they loved each other, and they bought their their dream house. They built it, and then he got called off to the war, mm. and he never came back. And the wife would spend every night up on the, the widow's walk, is what they call them in some of the houses, waiting for him to come back. And now if you go there late at night, you'll see her ghost up there. Yeah. And I think to myself, my heart breaks when I hear those stories, because I'm like, how much would that stink? I had to pause for that. Mm-hmm. Um, in that you loved someone so much that when you passed away, it was either a conscious or a subconscious decision to wait. Mm-hmm. And now they're still not coming back and you're stuck. Mm-hmm. I, for years that, like and that's, years. that's horrible. So do you yeah. help those ghosts to uh, go towards the light? We do not. Okay. And the reason we don't is for exactly what you mm-hmm. said. Because when people say, we, my group, we just try to document. Mm-hmm. If it gets to the point where it's something where they want it to move on, we do have connections with people from different religious mm-hmm. faiths. Because again, you got to have faith for that. I always say when they're like, you need to go to the light. It has to go to the light. Mm -hmm. I always say, half jokingly, but half serious, what if it's an atheist? Right. Mm. You know? Still go to the light. Right. (laughs) And in Poltergeist, it had to go to the light, but then the light was bad. It had to get away. But but (laughs) it's like, what is this light? That you're talking about, you know, and so, right. And so what God and where is it going? So I, I mean, if there's only one God, then it's all good. You go into the light. It's all good. (laughs) We'll call you (laughs) next one. (laughs) I'm curious because I see an alien on your uh, bookshelf. Yes. Could you tell us about that? What, what, just about aliens? Your Do you have any experience, your beliefs, any fun stories? Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, I, I mean, I kind of fell into the, which is why the, uh, yeah, and it's hard to see, but all those little cards right there, my daughter did for me so I can I tell it. the different sections. So that, yeah. like the occult and fiction and Very monster. organized. Um, yes, that this is officially known as the Strange and Spooky Library. Beautiful. Because people can sign them out. They're all alphabetized and yeah i love it very strange um (laughs) but again going back to my youth the the hudson valley of new york state had what became known as a flap which i had no idea what it was at the time but when you see a lot of ufo you a lot of different people are seeing a ufo in the same spot in the same time Mm -hmm. it's called a flap oh i don't know why Instead of a mass sighting, it's called a flap. Hmm. In the 80s, there was a giant triangle UFO that everybody was seeing. It's It was all on... This happened recently, it. too. Yeah, it's back. My, my, uh, my good friend saw, and so did my sister at the same time. It was, yeah, and they were one was in Canada, one was in Florida. And it was, yeah, it's know. it's bizarre, and so many of those sightings were in New York that they mm-hmm. it became no. It was a book that was called Night Siege, mm-hmm. and I went out looking for this thing and saw it, mm-hmm. and have no idea what it was. So that's what got me at an early age into it, 
when I moved to Ohio, Ohio is um, a flop right, state. What's that? A flop state. <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, no. Well, yeah, maybe, maybe. Um, yeah. It's home to uh, Wright Patterson, which, according to UFO lore, any famous, infamous alleged crash of a UFO, mm-hmm. Roswell, uh, there was a famous one in Kecksburg, um, Pennsylvania, it all supposedly went, went to Wright Pat. Okay. Wright Pat is allegedly home to Hangar 18, which is where all of the alien spaceships... Didn't and they release a lot of documents recently? They did, but okay. not related to Wright Pat. Wright I Pat see. officially says that Hangar 18 does not Ooh. exist. If you're into, um, you can't get on to the base. Well, they, they say that Hangar 18 doesn't exist, but um, I tell people that. When did we ever believe government? That's what you tell people? I don't know when we are. Well, it depends. If the men in black are listening to this, we always believe the government. And no, you, I don't believe any of this. Um, but part of the base that is open to the public is the Air Force Museum. Mm. It's free. If you have never been, you need to go because okay. it and is... sneak in for the You back don't need door. to sneak in. Nope. And then... Well, no. That would probably involve <laughs> gunfire for the, the, <laughs> the armed guards. If you've never been out in that area, you can't stumble into that area, nor mm. would you want to. But the Air Force Museum is... Four, maybe, hangars mm-hmm. that you go in again. It's free. You can't do it in a day. And you follow the history of flight from the Wright brothers all the way up to space. And there is a UFO there. Which, because our government, when the there were so many reports of a flying saucer, that our government did say, I wonder if that would work. And they built them. Oh, okay. So some of the reports of flying saucers back in the 50s were actually ours. Hmm. They never got that high. There's Mm -hmm. actually, you can go on YouTube and look at them testing it and it's... Just jumps Yeah, they were like, this saucer is not going to (laughs) work. But in Roswell, didn't they find uh, actual... Some type of a device, the the flying machine, and, and wasn't there an alien even that they did some... Some uh, I always experiments have to, on. Well, I always have to say, I'll do it in this way. According to legend, <laughs> um, Roswell, yes, there is a version that I can confirm that something did crash there and that something, whatever it was, it was quote unquote alien because they didn't know what it was. And it did eventually. And it was not a water, weather balloon. <laughs> it did not appear to be a weather balloon. Um, and the reason I say that is this alien, meaning we don't know what it is. It could it could be from another country. It could be we don't know. But there. I'm have, an alien too. What's that? I'm an alien from another country too. See, but you didn't, <laughs> I don't think you fell from the sky though, did you? No. Okay, <laughs> and you're fine then. We'll get an alien detector. And see. Um, there is. Um, declassified documents that did say that something did fall there, mm. that the original belief was it was an air 
a, a hot air balloon, not a hot air, a weather balloon, and that it appeared to maybe be part of one, but they didn't know what it was. And so it was sent to what was then called Wright Field. Mm. So something did crash there that they weren't sure what it was, and it did go there. That's where the trail ends. Now, yes, there are stories that there are well, spaceships as and, well as aliens. And I think and it would be, uh, I don't know, egotistical of us to think that we're the only intelligent form of life uh, across the whole universe. Yeah. Exa- I mean, exactly. that just seems There's absurd. No yeah. One of the best parts about we uh, living where... I do now. We used to live down closer to the city. And I tell people, if you don't, if you think that we're the only living things out there, come out here in the summer, have a nice barbecue, and then you're going to sit out on the back patio and you're just going to look up at the sky. Mm-hmm. And then I dare you to say, yeah, there can't be anything else out there. Right. Knowing that you're only looking at a tiny portion right. of everything out there. I mean, it now... Why would they be coming here? I mean, I joke, I say like nowadays, I think if the aliens do come by in their flying saucers, they're locking the doors when they pass Earth because they're like, <laughs> I don't know what you guys are doing down there, but I don't want no part of yeah. it. <laughs> they're probably not not impressed with what we're doing. I so. kind of always hear that people say they're after like nuclear testing happens, that's when yeah. they have more sightings. And, and the weird thing is that there seems to be very a lot of similarities on a very smaller scale, but we get contacted by people who believe they have ghosts in their house. And we will say, well, you know, what's going on in the house? And a lot of times they'll say, well, we we just, we're doing a lot of remodeling. Mm -hmm. And it's like, you might've stirred something up. On a much broader scale, you could say that all of a sudden, if there's people up there in a flying saucer (laughs) on another planet, all of a sudden they see this nuclear thing go off and you're like, What's going on? What are on? you guys doing down there? You know, I mean, it, they're they're like, what are these more more on humans it, doing? Down because there? that could affect everybody. Like if we destroy everything. the planet, it kind yeah, of absolutely you know affects it, other things. But 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 let me uh, let me just summarize. You're saying that if you're remodeling your home and you might potentially have a ghost somewhere, the ghost might come forward and be like. Hello, I didn't agree to this. Just, well, you just do a nice job. Okay. Just do a nice job <laughs> with the have remodeling. A and, yeah. Form consents, like the ghost can <laughs> just sign off if they agree with the remodel plans. <laughs> we have actually told people, again, going back to the empowering thing, mm. we have told people that if you are comfortable with it, you can just say out loud, you have to get over the idea that you might be talking to yourself, but the idea mm. that, look, I'm just trying to fix this thing up. You know, if you don't like it, you can give me some tips or something, but until you until you're paying, yeah. you ain't gonna move this table. But um, unless you're paying rent here, you know you right. don't have a say in it and stuff like yeah. that. And some people are fine with doing that. Other people are, you know. We've told people if it's scaring you and you're comfortable with it, just say, "Look, I get it. You're trying to get my attention. I will listen to you, but you got to stop scaring me. You mm. can't do those again." Going back to that empowerment things so that they're, they're not, I mean, we get people that are afraid to go to sleep, you know, they, they mm-hmm. hear, and all of a sudden every little noise is something that's going to come and get them. I, my wife will tell you this because I, I, I can't, this is a brilliant thing mm-hmm. that I, that I came up with is when my wife, if we're sitting somewhere and there's a weird noise in the house and she goes like, what is that? I'm like, it's a ghost. Mm-hmm. Because if I don't say it's a ghost, 
that means I got to go fix it. <laughs> so it's a ghost. It's always a ghost. She's, she, and to the point where my daughter will even say, it's a ghost, isn't it? Oh, yeah. yeah. It's definitely a ghost. Yeah, it's yeah. A splendid the idea. toilet's fine. It's it. just a ghost. It's a ghost messing with yeah. the water in there. It's not the AC. Or the, nope, the, nope. The, it's a ghost. Uh, see? Furnace. I like the idea of the empowerment. Um, I remember as a kid, I would see things like all the time. And even as an adult, I like felt something, but I kind of knew it was like when my grandma died, I just felt her put her hand and I just knew it was her. And I remember the first time I saw something, I I was just woke up in the night and then I looked and in my childhood bed, there was just a silhouette of like a a guy standing there. And I remember getting this feeling of terror. And so that's kind of how I was like, okay, this must be bad. And I just like hid myself. And then my cousin visited like literally last year to my old childhood home and was like, you know, your house is haunted, right? Like said that to me. And then I was like, okay, describe it and described exactly what I saw as a kid. And then my other cousins were like, oh yeah, that's grandpa. He visits us too. But for some reason, and I never met him, um, I just get a bad feeling. And with my grandma, when she visited, I had a really good feeling. Mm -hmm. And I, but I remember after I saw quite a few things, I was like, I don't want to see anymore. It's too scary. I just stopped. Right. I said that like out loud and I haven't seen anything since. <laughs> that is very common. I mean, I, I firmly believe that children as well as animals mm-hmm. see ghosts a lot more than we as adults do. I think it's with with children, it's because the weight of the world hasn't crushed them yet. Right. Say, Those aren't real. And animals, they have to look at everything as being a potential threat. So mm-hmm. anything they see, they have to say, well, I don't know if that's real, but I better make sure that it's not. Mm-hmm. Um, but there is the idea that, okay, there, is there something wrong with me? Why am I seeing these things? You know, And mm-hmm. society in general, as I said, is saying you don't see those things. We, If we get... We've had cases. We had one uh, that's a, a longstanding case. So we met met this young boy, and he said that he was seeing things. And so we were like, "Cool." And we were like, you know, we we told his his mom. We were like, "Just let him let him do it. He he yeah. has that gift, you know." And again, went down the idea that if he thinks if it's something he's not comfortable with, he should stop. You know, or mm-hmm. he, if he's not comfortable telling these certain people about it, then don't. But again, that's something I wish I had, mm-hmm. you know, because I get to the point where I'm like, man, I, like I said, I wish I could bring a ghost home here and make my commute a lot better. You know, I just <laughs> be like going down to the basement, going to check out the ghost. So, yeah, um, yeah it, it happens as we get older, we start to lose that sense of wonder that like what we were talking about with, you know, that there's more out there and suddenly anything that deviates from our, what society is pushed in as being fitting into that little box. Mm-hmm. Oh God, I hate the box. But they it, never it, fit in. I'm still fascinated. Like still, this is why this mm-hmm. is so interesting. And we talk about it a lot on the podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, it just naturally comes up all the time because everyday life is just so. It's boring. Yeah, <laughs> it's boring. We've all. I mean, I, I tell people that is when they're like, but you know, because on these shows and there's other groups that are like, they they say, well, this is because the ghost is doing this, and I'm like, how do you know that? And then I'm like, I don't want to know all the answers. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't. I'm not arrogant or naive enough to think I do have all the answers, but I wouldn't want because that would be horrible to just think I know the answer to everything. There's no uh, some of the most for like. 
we, my book, like Weird Ohio, some of that, the fascinating thing about that is that had ghosts and things in it, but it also just had weird roadside places. Mm-hmm. And that to me was the greatest thing because I would, you know, um, Mark and Mark from Weird New Jersey were the mm-hmm. ones who hired me to do this. And they'd be like, here, we've got this list of places. We need you to research them and go visit them. And I would go like, this can't exist. This place can't be like real. And then go around a corner and there it was in front of me. And I'm like, oh my gosh, my entire life, I didn't think this thing was real. And now you come around the corner and there it is. I was in, oh, oh, go ahead. Okay. Ah! I was in uh, Sandusky, I think, for the first time with some friends. Because I recently moved here, so I'm still exploring. Um, And we went to... um, what was the amusement the, the amusement park near there? But we stayed in an Airbnb and the town was really like um I don't know the exact town we were in, but it was just it was like a ghost town because like no one was there because yep. it was close to it was like the fall, about uh-huh. to be winter. And um there's like a hotel there. Oh, I wish I could remember the name. The Breakers? I think so. Is it on the it's at um on the water Cedar Point? It's part of like, mm. it right near there. Near there, yeah. Big older. Yeah. Yes, yeah, the and breakers. I, yeah, and we went for a walk at night, and I was like, ugh. Like, I wouldn't, like, that place is creepy. Like, that that has to be haunted. And then my friend who's, like, he's super logical, doesn't believe in, like, anything, he was like, yeah, supposedly it is. And I was like. Yeah, it's supposed oh, to be haunted. I got the weirdest feeling. And But see, it's interesting that you mentioned that because a yeah. lot of people will tell me, what kind of uh, equipment do I need to bring? And I'm like, the best piece of equipment Eyes and ears. Your intuition. Yeah, just yourself. Just, yeah. just take it in. A lot of times when we go on investigations, we will, because a typical investigation, we show up, we drove, drove a couple of hours, and then we usually spend like an hour and a half or more just setting everything up. Yeah. And then it's like, okay, investigate. And then you've got all this caffeine, you're sitting in the dark, you're like, oh, where's it goes, where's it goes? And yeah. we've gotten to the point where we will say, okay, 15-minute break. Mm. Some people will go and meditate. Some people will pray. Other people will just sit there and just be like, okay, now I know when I get home, I got to send the mortgage payment in (laughs) and I got to do this. But right now, I just want to feel what's in here. I just want to be... Because a lot of times I've been convinced over the years that I've been so engrossed with the equipment Mm -hmm. or just other stuff that a ghost could have been dancing behind me. And I am just so focused. So it's interesting that you said you started getting feelings because we tell people... um, it was a guy, Josh, uh, in, in the group who he was going to these places and he and his wife were like going like, yeah, we went into this one room and there was all kinds of stuff going on. And we went and I was like, how do you know where to go? Mm. And he said, I let the house tell me. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, that's brilliant because it's again, it's using your own senses, your own emotions. And you're like, wow, I feel like I should go. You're very logical. And- so you're shutting off some of those. Exactly. Yeah. 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 But but I flipped through your book and I see something called uh, Mothman of Gallipolis. 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 I yep. can't say it. Um, <laughs> tell us about it. Maybe you remember the story or. Oh, I, I don't remember know what the it story. Is. I, well, I can show you what it's supposed to be. What is oh. that? Mothman. Okay. Well, mm. that's a... Isn't there a movie? Or there, the Legend of the Mothman. There like, is a movie. There he is eats a... moth? Or... No. He is a moth. And, and, and he doesn't actually look like that, but that is the uh, statue okay. that is in the 
center of looks town cool. in Point Pleasant. And just tell me you saw it there, and I'll drive to Gallipolis. You, you can't. I mean, you can't miss it. But um, the he's very famous. Um, I'm trying to make this a short story, but okay. it, he is basically um, people. So, it, so like people in Ohio know about this, or am I like he is? Uh, he I is, didn't grow up here, so maybe I just he don't is know technically either, um, so. <laughs> a, he's technically across um, from Ohio. In Point Pleasant, West Virginia, okay. which is, and in the beginning in the late 60s, some people pushed that back even earlier, but people started reported, people started reportedly seeing a creature with red glowing eyes and giant wings. Did mm -hmm. not look like this, though. It didn't have a neck. It looked like it was... Um, that would chase after cars Ooh. was the first sight, and that there were people seeing it all over. Um, wow. Where Gallup Police the, came the into play. The water bottle started shaking, and it's clearly I paranormal. Water bottle. <laughs> um, Gallup Police is over on the other side. Is in Ohio. There was uh, the Silver Bridge, which was a suspension bridge that connected. Gallup Police, Ohio, basically West Virginia to Ohio. Mm -hmm. And um, around Christmas time, the bridge collapsed. Mm -hmm. And a bunch of people passed away, unfortunately, were on the bridge. And mm -hmm. some people blamed Mothman for it um, because the sighting supposedly stopped after that. Um, the more natural... Reason is that John Keel, who wrote the book The Mothman Prophecies, and he wrote it based upon all these other sightings, he had this theory that he said that Mothman was an ultra terrestrial, not an extra, but an mm. ultra, that he came from other dimensions. Oh, okay. Um, everything was an ultra terrestrial. He looks a little, a little celestial. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, he was running around during the sightings, and he was like going, they were like, Yeah, we saw these weird lights in the sky. And he was mm. like, was it Mothman? Was it an ultra terrestrial? And they were like, I don't know what you're talking about, dude. It's just this weird lights. Mm -hmm. And so everything was Mothman to him. When mm -hmm. the bridge fell, that's when the book The Mothman Prophecy ends, which has led people to make the connection. The harsh yeah. reality, in my opinion, was that John Keel was going up to people after the bridge fell. Around Christmas time, there are reports of Christmas packages floating in the water and just horrible things. Mm -hmm. And when he was like, did you see Mothman around there? They were like, dude, come on. This is real life now. Get out of here. And so yeah. I think... He was kind People of. People stopped like. Um, they were like, "This, this is real. Just get out of town." And so that's why. Yeah. His, now there is a movie, "The Mothman Prophecies," which is very, very, very loosely based on the book. So okay. if you want to know actually what the Mothman supposedly was, just tell us to buy your book. I mean, don't. Well, but mine only <laughs> talks about the Ohio Come side. Come on, be an of entrepreneur. Like you talked about monetization. How do you monetize on this? Because if I, you're telling me, I obviously to watch something, don't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can see that. <laughs> it, it's funny that you say that, though, because I, I really don't. Because my whole thing is how I got into writing about this. I heard all of these stories. That's a real child. <laughs> That's a real child. <laughs> Not a um, ghost runner. The, the Northman is coming. See, uh -huh, you invoked his name. Uh, <laughs> but 
I've always loved telling cool stories. And so where all of these books came into play was I would hear these stories mm -hmm. and I just had to get them out of my head. Yeah. So when all of a sudden I was like, I, I always feel bad when people are like, well, how do I get published? And I'm like, I don't, I don't know. All of these publishers, and they're all different ones, mm -hmm. they come to me. Mm. So, I, so you're I, good. <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I mean, I guess people tend to like them, so I, I guess I am. But I think it's because um, I tell people I'm a, I, I don't know how good of a writer I am. But I'm a darn you good storyteller. You must be a good writer. Come on, I like think look so. at this. There's well, a lot I'm of words. In there are read. a lot of words in it, but the editors actually help out. Well, they they get a little angry with me because mm -hmm. I just the fun part about it is people who know me read the books and they're like, I can hear you. Oh, yeah. I can hear you. The mm -hmm. editors are like, well, this is not the King's English here. This is, I'm like, that's uh, yeah. where the story goes, though. That's how the story goes. Yeah. But I okay, like so you're mm -hmm. telling me. If someone thinks they have a ghost, let's say, you know, they, they are on a medication and and they've, they've been taking it for a little while and they still see whatever it is that, that they think they see. Mm -hmm. And maybe it's not a disease. Maybe they have a ghost in their house. Mm -hmm. So they can call you, right? Correct. And yep. they can get an assessment Correct. of their house, of their ghost. And then... How, I mean, so you don't charge anything? We, we do not charge. It's great. Man, you're good. We, we do not... Well, again... I'm not good at monetizing anything, but um, years ago when I, so in 1999, when I started The Ghosts of Ohio, I, I looked at it and said when I was like, well, how much should I charge? And then I thought, whenever I give money to somebody, I want a result. Mm. If I give you money for groceries, I want to have stuff in my house to eat. You know, if I got a get an oil change and I give you money for that, I want you to change my oil. I can't guarantee results. Well, going I mean, out to a house. look at the lawyers. Nobody guarantees anything. They're just charging <laughs> you per hour and they charge you pretty hefty. And With, they don't come out to your house. I mean, shoot. And they are universally kind of despised. So I didn't want to go that route. <laughs> but, but, but even in mental health, look at mental health. I can't promise anybody anything. But if you're going to spend time going and doing something yeah. and assessing something, yeah. I just didn't feel that there was a need to... We, we need to talk. We yeah. need to monetize <laughs> here. Because, I mean, how can you continue providing your services and expanding and hiring people to go and do more good things if you never monetize on it? Well, I mean, it's it's fair. So you have a job. You have another job then. Oh, indeed, yeah. Well, see what I mean? You could, you could like, have the job you, you... I mean, I don't know. Do you love your job? Which one? The well, which the day what, job? Yeah, day I job. Do, yeah. Okay, what do you do? I am a senior content director at a medical advertising firm. Ooh, cool. so I'm the one who has to look at all of the studies and the efficacy and all these, and I am many times the go-between between the FDA and the drug manufacturers mm. as to what the drug manufacturer wants to say but based on what their studies are actually saying, what they can say with regards to safety, tolerability, efficacy. Man, if you had to pick, okay. would you do this job or the ghost hunting job? I, I, I honestly don't know. Because, you like both, okay. Well, I think they actually complement each other really mm -hmm. well because mm -hmm. going back to with the, the, the day job, I'm dealing with very 
finite rules and regulations. And it's like, you can say this, you can't say that. I don't care how many wiggle words that it may or may not do this. No, it's, it's this or that. Boxing, everything. And then here with the Mm -hmm. writing, especially it's like, I can do, I can write whatever I want, Mm -hmm. but the two together, I can use my nighttime stuff and be like, well, maybe we could just expand this box, the daytime Mm -hmm. box out a little bit. And then the nighttime when I'm there, I can be like, wait, okay, this piece of equipment is blinking, but why is it really blinking? So I think they do work well. But you have to support your ghost hunting business with other income. Correct. Okay. And the people that assist you are volunteers. Correct. You don't accept donations. You don't You don't want to make money off of it because it's a hobby that you feel so passionate about you want to. I, I mean, I guess that's fair. And mm-hmm. I guess it's also because I'm I'm looking for answers. So I feel like I'm getting something from these, sure. from mm-hmm. clients who are Absolutely. actually going in there. But Interesting. Yeah, it's um, the other thing that I do, which I, I think I can't stress enough is the information when we go out there on investigations is confidential. Mm-hmm. It is, we have a code of bylaws that we work under that forbids us from making any information related to going out to someone's home public. If we found something that, I think I mentioned that I, I, I'm always going all over the state giving presentations mm-hmm. on ghosts and monsters and UFOs, UFOs, things. I don't know why UFOs always When, when is your next presentation? Um, End of February, I think. So if we wanted to see you, we can click on your website, which will be linked below. Linked yeah. below. Yep. We'll put yeah. in the newsletter. Yep. They're, all, they're all on there, and I'm all over the social media things and stuff. Yay. But yeah, and most of the presentations are, well, they're all different, but for the vast majority of them are free to go to. And that that's kind of where I get the neat Stories where people, I, I get this a lot where people will come up at the end and they'll go, you're not as weird as I thought you were going to be. And I'm like, thank you. But again, I think it's presenting it professionally. But if we were to go in, and we do have some of it, um, and we get, quote unquote, evidence or something weird that we would like to incorporate into my presentations, you have to give written permission for that. And it will also be presented with, it will say... Private investigation, mm-hmm. and then the videos and everything will be clipped in such a way that nobody looking at it would be able to say, like, I know whose house that is. Okay. Because confidentiality. Because most people don't want to be known as the owner of the local haunted house. Right. Sure. And interestingly enough, you could potentially stigmatize mm. a house oh. and affect the value of it sure, by yeah. openly saying that house is haunted. And which people always ask me, like, is, it, is it because of the ghost? And it's not. It is the most famous stigmatized property in the United States is the Amityville Horror House, um, which Where does exist. It's in Amityville, Long Island. There were okay. all sorts of movies and um, it became stigmatized property because there were actual murders that took place in the house. But it became widely reported that it was haunted. Mm. That 
in a haunting in and of itself doesn't stigmatize it, but if it becomes widely known, that means you're going to get people coming up and knocking on the door saying, can I see mm-hmm. the ghost? Can I do this? So it's more of the I'll start charging negative money. impact. I'll be like five yeah. blocks, go and see the ghost. Yeah. You, I can't promise any results though. Yeah. I'd be like very matter Let's of have fact have a long like, contract before yeah. they come. But, well, <laughs> see, you, you guys are a little too late because there are <laughs> not that house, but there is a giant market for haunted, haunted locations. Can you come over and certify my house and say that there's a haunted house? I think that's unethical <laughs> for a couple of different oh, reasons. Oh. <laughs> do, do you feel like it's haunted? No, but if I certify See, it, then I can do a haunted house Alicia. out of it. I'm just joking, oh. you guys. Guys. <laughs> I know I'll say a, that I have a Mothman in my house or something. Yeah, I don't know if I could come in. No, but seriously, no. Um, do you ever go beyond Ohio to do any yes. investigations? Or, okay. Yeah, I've, I mean, growing up, I, I did investigations, obviously, in New York, New mm-hmm. Jersey, Pennsylvania, Virginia, Georgia, Florida, the entire Midwest I've been because I, I've written books on... Um, Weird Indiana, which, Haunted Indiana. Which also are all in, on your website, right? Correct, yes. Does, does anybody, are people allowed to join your uh, haunted house? I mean, your... Um, ghost group? Ghost group. We we will, if people are interested, they can contact us and stuff. I There is a very, I don't want to say rigorous, but we don't just let anybody in because we want to make sure that they are... In it for the right reasons. You would not accept me. I know. You don't You don't have to make it that clear. <laughs> no, that's not... I mean, well, here's the thing. We we would not... You, you can... You, I you can, can try. try to join. I can, I can apply. Because, Yay! Because here's the thing. We want to make sure that someone who comes into the group is, go, is doing it for the right reasons. Because, mm. again, we are going into people's homes and we are looked upon as being experts so there is training involved yeah. all the way down to if you go into somebody's house and you see Take some, your shoes you off. see the devil himself sitting there mm-hmm. you do not scream you do not run because there are people that live in this building mm-hmm. you you can you leave we have code words and things like that to yeah. to remove yourself but there's a certain way you need to present yourself when you're going into someone's house, knowing that those people are only contacting you mm-hmm. because they're scared, they're scared and yeah. you can't do anything to make that worse. That makes sense. And yeah. any suggestions for anyone that believes they might have a, a haunted house or a ghost in their house? Any suggestions that you have for them? Yeah, I think first and foremost, know that you're not alone. There are people like my organization that are more than willing to help. Um, if they go to the Ghosts of Ohio website or just contact me anywhere, I can put you. Um, we have a bunch of like FAQs and things that are on our site because most people are like, "What? Is, okay, you're going to do an investigation. What does that mean? And I don't know if I want strangers in my house. Mm-hmm. All of that is answered, you know, all the way down to that we don't charge and that. Because people want to know, they're like, what are you going to do? And what I tell them is, not sure, but we want you there. And if at any point you're like, I don't like what you're doing, it's never happened. But if at any point you're like, I don't like that, we'll stop. If yeah. you're like, 
something wrong with you guys. Get out. That's never <laughs> happened. But again, it's their home. So, um, and I'm not saying that you need to contact us. I mean, we'd be more than happy, happy to do that because we will also do... Man, Con- I'm not impressed. You're like, I'm for free and don't contact me if you don't want. That's not typically what people do. I we- think it's comforting though, because then you know, yeah. yeah. I'm just joking. No, no, I've always told people, you know, I got into this field to become rich, famous, and arrogant, and I got the <laughs> arrogance down. I think the other two not I don't think the that's coming in. I have to. Um, you're I have 16 to books. Nothing. <laughs> I have to ask. Um, I'm looking, of course, at your bookshelf again, and I see the occult section, and then the two, like, are they little monkeys? Or Oh, and you're going to ask if there's some sort of occult significance to it? Oh, yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, I'm really curious. Uh, no, there, there's... Um, those actually just look spooky. Those were <laughs> from my sister. There's nothing Okay. actually to them. We had... Mm-hmm. Um, and and still have plans to do different versions mm-hmm. of um, <laughs> a Ghostbusters containment box. Okay. Because people will, uh, over the years, have contacted us and said, this item is haunted. Usually mm-hmm. a clown doll. But uh, we've had jewelry. We've had wrestling figures. We've had all these things where they said, there's something bad here. Mm-hmm. Just get it out of the house. And... We will take it, we will have them, and we will sign in front of them saying, if at any point in time you want this back, we will give it back. You know, it's not like we, we want to take it because I always feel odd when I get it. Mm-hmm. But we would take the, the thing home mm-hmm. and put it on 360 degrees cameras and audio and things. Yeah. Nothing, Nothing. ever did anything. Hmm. But the people all said that it, left that's i was going to ask you about objects because i've recently been reading like theories and nothing Mm -hmm. like you know but just people are sharing how they don't think objects are haunted but it's actually people yes yeah i i yeah i've never as i said i've never had an object that was given to me as haunted Mm. that we had anything like i said it it's been for years. It's dolls, and there yeah. is there it, there's a side hustle from people that are like, you want to make some money here. Uh huh. Just go to um, like a Goodwill and just buy a bunch of the old dolls, throw them out in the woods for a couple of days, make them look really ratty, <laughs> put them up on eBay and say they're yeah, say they're haunted that. and. I'm selling it with my underwear too. Apparently, there's a huge business. I'm selling used underwear in prison system. So, okay, now I I mean, I I told my dad, I was like, Dad, wear this thong for a few (laughs) days. Uh, A bunch of prison dudes want to buy that. This conversation went sideways really quick. And oddly (laughs) enough, I didn't do it. We We were talking about making money. So, here I am throwing ideas. You guys are yelling at me now. Well, we we had an idea for you, and you just went sideways with it there. But if you go on to, if you go look on, just type in haunted doll, and you will find them going for a lot of money. I have never found an item that, making sure before I say that, but I don't believe that we ever took an item that somebody said was haunted that we ab- were able to get results from. Okay. Um, and, and and if you think about it again, I, I tell people also, I'm like, 
put yourself in the ghost shoes. Mm -hmm. And so the theory is that if there's a ghost attached to this Mothman statue, it's because they really loved that statue. Mm -hmm. It kind of doesn't hold for me that it would be like, well, why would you want to be just attached to that? Because I would think that if... I were a ghost, I might want to attach to a person, somebody that I loved and I wanted to hang around them and stuff, but I don't see about a specific item. I think the idea that, I think that kind of came out of the idea that they said there's cursed items, which is a whole lot of different things. But so I think you can maybe put something in that because again, it's energy focused on it. But the idea that a ghost is just hanging around that one item I've never found anything to substantiate that. I wanted to. Because there was a story about um, Post Malone. I think he's like a country rapper kind uh-huh. of thing. And he, that's probably a horrible description of him, but you can look him up. He's good. But he um, he bought like a... He drinks cur- Jägermeister. I, you know, I, I've seen him on the TVs. <laughs> um, he bought like a cursed item or something. And I think it was like well over 10 grand for it. But then after that, he just had a string of bad luck. I think he had like a um, concussion or something on stage. He got in an accident. He just had like just all these horrible things happen to him right after, which could, you know, could be a coincidence. But Or maybe it was one of those dolls that somebody just made. I don't know if it was a doll. I think it was days. like a box okay. with a jewelry or oh, something in it. Oh, was it a, the Dybbuk box? I, I can look it up really quick. Was he the one that opened Zach Baggins' Pandora's box? box? Let me see. Um, it's called the world's most haunted object. Dybbuk, yeah. Mm-hmm. So I think that goes back to what we were talking about, about the power of... Belief? Yes, or the power of suggestion, because the mm. Dybbuk box, if that is... The Dybbuk box started as a thing... <laughs> It's weird. It's all coming full circle. Yeah. Somebody was selling it on eBay. Wow. Uh And said that it was basically a haunted box and it was called the Dybbuk box. Mm -hmm. Um, And had this whole backstory to it that has since, and this is going back to the 90s, maybe the 2000s. Okay. the story, I believe, has been thoroughly like, no, it's not. But all of a sudden, everybody was getting old jewelry boxes <laughs> and sealing it with wax and saying it was a Dybbuk box. Where right. Other people were saying, there's no such thing as a Dybbuk box. But mm-hmm. that one particular one that mm-hmm. was, they claimed they never opened, um, Zach Baggins from Ghost Adventures um, mm. has a haunted museum. Um, it's in Vegas because <laughs> because it fits right him. Um, he's very uh, flashy. I used to watch this show all the time with my friend <laughs> as kids. Yeah, um, he his his shows are very entertaining, but are so far removed from reality. Mm. Um, but he took all of his money that he made from the shows and he created the Haunted Museum. And so um, I think it's like 50, 75 bucks to just go through it. No pictures. Mm. But he bought the Dibbit box, which is supposed to be, and you weren't supposed to op- open it. The or same any. one? that Post Malone I, I don't know, but I do remember that he was going to do a Halloween special where he was going to open it. And I yeah. believe he did open it with someone. So I'm wondering if it was Post Malone. 
What did you say his name was again? I forgot. Uh, Zach Baggins. He's from Ghost Adventures. Yeah, they don't mention him in this article, but. So maybe he opened another Dybbuk box, but it's, so see, you need to get an old jewelry box looking thing. (laughs) Throw it out in the woods for a couple of days and then put wax all around it. You're full of good ideas, you know, and. It's it's stuff that if again if I hadn't been trying to build my reputation up in this very corrupt field, <laughs> I'd be all over it because I'm like, hey, I could just say, oh yeah, it's oh, weird. you're trustworthy. You you yes. you know, and you wear nice shirts. Why? Well, thank you, thank you. <laughs> yeah, I think he opened it with him. I wonder, uh, see? I, they might have done it on the show because I think it was videoed. Um, and inside of the box was two 1920s pennies. Uh, Lock of blonde hair with a cord, a lock of black-brown hair bound with a cord, a small statue, a small golden wine goblet, a dried rose, and then a single candle holder with an octop- with octopus-shaped legs. And yeah, the same year it was went up on eBay, the horror movie came out about it. That's wow. right. Yeah, they did do a horror movie about it. Hmm. 